What's up? This is the JJN Show with Josh, with Jacob, with Nick. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the JJN Show. We got Jacob here. Josh is sitting across from me virtually. It's going to be a great episode. I don't know what episode number we're on. Probably well into the 50s, maybe the 60s. Let's find out. 67, episode 67. Josh, how are we doing? Swell. Yeah? What's new? Not a ton. Wedding season for me is starting up here pretty soon. I've got my first wedding in about a week, two weeks, I think. And then basically, I think four of the five weekends in August are weddings for me. So are you just basically, when you're doing weddings on the weekend, is that basically just working eight hour days, Saturday and Sunday? How does that, well, I suppose the wedding's just on Saturday typically, right? Yeah. So it's just like one Saturday every month, every week? Yes. Type it's of like deal and you're eight just to 12 hours. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. 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 You don't do any of like the rehearsal dinner stuff or anything like that? Uh, not yet. I haven't really started offering that yet. I would if people asked me to, but my clientele currently, um, I don't think even thinks about bringing the videographer into that. Okay. What? So what does that look like? Explain to me what your typical wedding videographer does schedule-wise. Sched- what do you mean schedule-wise? Like during the day? So like, like you, yeah, day? like you show up, what time you show up, what do you do for the next 10 to 12 hours? I show up on the time that's determined with the client. So most of these weddings that I have coming up are just my basic package, which means I'll be there for eight hours. Um, a couple of people have added me on for one more hour. So I'm similar time period as the photographer. So nine hours. Um, but I show up, uh, we decide what they want covered and that's how we decide what time I get there. So most of the time it's like sometime between 10 and 11 or 12, sometime late morning I show up to get like the end of the getting ready and then I just cover like getting ready first look you know build up to the ceremony cover the ceremony and then usually right after the ceremony there's a there's either a little break there or there's pictures so I follow the photographer and everybody in the wedding party in the family to go take pictures wherever they're going to do that and I kind of just bounce around and have fun and take video of people while they're getting pictures taken or while they're chatting with other people during pictures and then usually there's some sort of cocktail hour or break period between that and the like dinner for the guests. And there's, I don't know, anywhere from an hour to two hours maybe even for me to kind of have a, a slower time. So I get to go and just get detail shots, take a breather, get a snack, drink some water, that sort of stuff. And then I hop in and cover anything they have leading up to the dinner and then I eat dinner but I get my camera set up first for speeches and then I eat dinner and then I cover the speeches and then dancing starts so weddings are very like front-loaded they feel like to me uh video wise where it's like you get there and you're kind of like all right here we go gotta make sure I get this stuff there's a lot of important things that happen before the ceremony and obviously the ceremony is extremely important and then boom once the ceremony is done it's like all right now i can kind of you know i that's a weight off my shoulders there were some huge things and then i just gotta make sure that i'm ready to capture the speeches and the first dances and any other special things that a couple may have going on after the ceremony but that's basically it and then i head home 
at whatever time is determined. Gotcha. And then typically are you f like editing then the whole following week or how long does it take you to do a video, edit that video afterwards and put it all together? Well, because I do contract work, um, right now my turnaround is six to eight weeks for a wedding video. So it's usually like film the wedding on Saturday, Sunday, I take a breather. I don't do anything. Um, because when I get home Saturday, I, I upload all the footage to my computer and back it up so it's all saved somewhere safely. And then Sunday, I take a break. And then usually that Monday, I'll hop in and start organizing footage. And then if I have time in the middle of the week, I'll start kind of like maybe looking at songs that I might use or listening to the audio files to get a story figured out. And then Friday, I'll hop in and start still kind of organizing but getting stuff ready in the timeline in premiere and getting ready to really jump into editing. Okay. Gotcha. Very cool. Oh, and I was going to ask too. So that dinner you get usually free or do you have to pack a lunch? You showing up with like a little to go box. No, I have a, in my contract that I will be supplied dinner. Oh, really? It says like, I'll, I'll get, I mean, that's not, you know, you're as a, when you're having a wedding, you're giving, dinner to everybody you invite and if i'm gonna be there for eight to 12 hours like i need to eat you know <laughs> so i bring yeah, snacks I and stuff for lunch and then my contract says you know either you either if there's a buffet that's super easy i'll just hop in right after the wedding party and eat to make sure i have time to capture stuff or if it's the serving dinner then they'll just reach out to me like they do guests and ask what I want for dinner. And then I'll get that. And then I guess I have it in my contract that says, if you don't want to supply me dinner, I will take a one hour break at a time that I determine during the dinner. And that time is for me to leave, find dinner, eat dinner in my car, whatever. And during that one hour, if this is how it's, if this is, uh, like if that's what happens during that one hour, if speeches start and I'm still on that one hour break, then it gets missed. Huh? Interesting. I mean, like, I didn't know that you gotta get, it's, it's like a job. You got to feed your people, you know, you got to treat people right. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I was just hours. curious. If, <laughs> well, I don't know. You're a contractor. It's not like you're their employee and it's like, Oh, that was a, I think that was a fair question. I have no idea, dude. That's a good question, but I you're right. I they're hiring me, but it's like I don't know. Wait. If I'm hiring you I mean, I, on a movie If set I get married, hours, I definitely like, would. Hmm. I would Yeah, I would definitely feed everyone at my wedding, but I just feel like there definitely would be some people out there that would think, "Yeah, I'm not doing that or have an issue with that." That's fine. And that's why mm. I talk on the phone with them beforehand because if I'm like can you please send me any dinner information if I need to pick a meal or if it's a buffet, then that's totally fine. I'll just hop in. And, and if they say, Oh, we didn't even think about feeding the vendors. And I say, okay, well just so you know, in the contract that you signed, I'll be taking a one hour break if dinner isn't supplied and I'll have to eat. <laughs> I can't go an entire day without eating. That'd be not good. Okay. So has that ever happened? No. Before we're like some, so you've always gotten fed. Yeah, I mean, and basically yeah. every wedding that I've been to, the majority of them have buffets. So it, you 
it's discussed, but like it's not even really thought about. I just hop in, grab food. Gotcha. Well, cool. So, as clear as that intro just went, we'll probably just be ad ad libbing. Is that the right word there? This whole podcast, sure. we're doing some rethinking and structuring of the pod right now to keep it going. But I do want to say some sort of song of the week and the band Camino dropped a new song today <laughs> and very embarrassing, but I forgot what the title is and I'm really upset with myself oh, right sad. now. What's your song of the week, Josh? My song of the week is the Willow nineties trend remix by Taylor Swift. It's cool. awesome. I'll listen. Mine, it's Know It All by the band Camino. That's the one I was thinking of. It's a bop. I accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally. I got an email from the band Camino this morning, like the classic marketing ones where they're like, hey, we have something special for you. And typically it's concert ticket, pre-sale code stuff. And I opened the email and it was a really cool looking vinyl. (laughs) And I like vinyls. But it was a vinyl of their new album. Yeah, and it was yellow, and they're all blurred out a little bit on it. And the disc is lime fluorescent green. And I was like, ooh, that looks sick. Price wasn't too bad. It was a pre-order. You know, like they hit you with that. This is limited edition. You have to pre-order it, and we're not going to ever sell these again. Yep. So I'm thinking, well, I have to buy this. Oh, gosh. Because it will look sick in my collection. And then the shipping on it and taxes were an initial like $15 and I didn't really pay attention to that. So I spent $15 more than I was expecting and was like, Oh, what? Why is this so much? So if you're going to buy a vinyl, anyone out there listening, make sure you check if there's shipping or taxes and don't be an idiot like me, but that's where I'm sitting. Oh, Ed Sheeran also dropped a song. You listen to that? No, I haven't yet. I want to. It was good. It was good. Cool. Very cool. Do you want to plug your your last interview too? Yes, I was just about to do that. Part two interview with Patrick Larson. Uh, Talking more about that interview is talking more about his running career. So I actually saw him. I told you this, but I actually saw him. Well, I didn't see him, but I was keeping tabs on him when I was up in Duluth this past weekend for grandma's. Mm -hmm. And he got i'm forgetting but he got like fourth place i think in the half marathon in the half yeah let's pull it up grandma's marathon 2021 half um yeah he was talking about how he got into the i think like the elite field for it results like the elite wave you're saying yeah faster wave yeah I don't know how easy it is to find the half, but hmm, yeah, know. he's a cool guy. I gotta get him to come out to my new gym because I think that it could be fun having him. We do coffee talks there, yeah, every month where a runner of some sort comes out and does a you know quick thirty minutes to an hour speech of who they are, what they do, running stories yada yada, all that good stuff, so I should see if he wants to come out for it, and I want to start some kind of youtube podcast instagram presence that's more informational about things like that for this gym too 
so you know recording of that would be sick mm -hmm. maybe we'll have to get you uh try to get you hired there so you can be their videographer and then you can come record all of the coffee talks once a month <laughs> yeah i i was but, actually talking to him about pt because i was it was the day before i was going to my first appointment at your place patrick yeah with patrick i was talking to him about it and it was the day before my first appointment and he said that he was in the market for a new one because his moved away. So I was like, "Oh, I'll let you know if I send him to send him to us." I I told him, yeah. I said it was. I thought it was great, and I'd recommend it. So maybe he'll come. Yeah. Well, again. and the thing, the thing that's cool, and I didn't, I didn't actually realize this or think about it, but it's like one of those duh. He this PT is a runner. Yeah. You know, and most of the time you just go to a PT. And they're like maybe fifty percent of the time a runner, and I didn't really think about that, but duh. That's, so like, well, that's why it makes I went so much sense, yeah, to go to a PT that's a runner if you're a runner, because this dude clearly knows what he's talking about, and he, the the person that works at my gym, is good. He's he's a fast runner, so it's cool, and he does like mini camps for high schoolers and things yep. like that too. Yeah, and, yeah he's a super yeah. cool guy. He, did I tell you when I, so I went in and met with them and did just the initial questions and stuff. And he was like, uh, he asked if, or he said something like, yeah, I recognize the name Oak because of Nick and he ran. What? Yeah. He, he was like, yeah, he ran against, cause he said he works with a lot of the guys that are on a team that Nick used to run against. Oh, okay. like, yeah. I recognize Nick from, from a couple of years ago or a year ago when he. He was in the top state contender. It's like, yep, that's my littlest brother. <laughs> he was like, oh, so you got some good Funny. running genes in your family then. I was like, I, I yeah, I, I think I said, well, Nick might have taken them all, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we got any running genes, but it's it's been fun too because, so the company that I work for is different than that gym, right? So I'm not employed by that gym and actually that PT isn't either, so we work out of that gym, right? Doesn't he own and that gym? He does not. Not that PT. Oh. No, my boss owns the gym. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And. Oh, he probably just owns. So, that's right. He owns the PT business that has yeah, to be yeah, in yeah, the yeah. gym. Because the PT business is different. I think it's called endurance sports. I actually don't under. I don't know that story fully. So I'll have to figure that out. But it's a different, he doesn't work for the same company that I work for even. We just work out of the same building. If that yeah. makes sense. But and, I mean, that's why I went there. Because somebody that I knew who was a runner, was I was talking to him about my knee issues and how I wanted to see PT. And he was like, well, I recommend going to this place because they are running focus. So yeah. it's more, you know, you can go to any PT and they'll help you. But this one is like specifically, they'll know, you know most likely what you're dealing with and how to best go about it for your situation. Yeah. Well, so we'll come back. To, I was just going to say though, because the company I work for originally just worked out of that gym as one of like 30 gyms. So the mo majority of actually all of the personal trainers besides me aren't runners. So it's kind of a funny situation where I'm the only runner in that gym, which is why I mainly just work out of that gym. Sure. And it's, it's been fun because cool. I get to see I get to just work with runners typically. So anyone comes in they're a runner, they default to me, mm -hmm. which has been cool. So do you but, write people so yeah, programs and stuff? Go ahead. 
Yeah, so it's sick, dude. I get to do I get to do run coaching programs. So typically, what that looks like is, man, it depends on what you want to all include here. But there's a few different things. So the run coaching is typically a bi-weekly thing where like you get me every other week as a check-in and then I write your program Mm -hmm. and then you follow it. Right. And then there's also personal training that you can hire me for too. And that's an additional thing thing. And that would be me writing like the strength portion, the mobility portion of your run training. So if someone came to me and they're like, I want to do grandma's next year, how do I get there? You know, depends on like everything they'll go into it, what they would all get. But yeah, dude. So it's been fun, which is part of the reason I have to get USATF certified so that I can, I mean, anyone can be a running coach. Anyone can actually technically be a personal trainer, but it's better if you have a cert for it. Sure. If that makes sense. But yeah. So tell us about the knee. What's going on with it? Well, I met with my PT technically two weeks ago, sometime a little over two weeks ago now, actually. I met with them. And yeah, it was great. I, I really liked him. Um, I liked, I did the gait analysis and then just a physical therapy appointment. And it was actually super interesting. So it, it confirmed why it, it confirmed when I, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. I remember how I talked about, I basically, I knew what was wrong and I kind of knew how to fix it almost, but not really. And that's why I needed professional help was to get how to fix it properly. And so I decided to finally just bite the bullet and go to a PT, which in the grand scheme of things, isn't that expensive. You know, it's like, nope, you could just pay a few hundred bucks a year to go once or twice if you needed to and prevent injuries or like I did get an injury and now I might have to go five or six times before it's better, you know? So anyway, so I, I went to this place. I met with him, just did the initial cons- consultation, talked with him. He did the thing where you like lay down and he like, you know, pushes your leg and says, push back, tests all these things out, kind of played with my knee. Muscle, muscle testing. Yeah. Felt my, felt my legs, played with my knee, asked me where the pain was. It was hard to describe exactly what I was dealing with. It turned out I have runner's knee. He diagnosed me with runner's knee, which, you know, I'd been talking about is what I thought I had anyways. Wait, that's what I had. Runner's knee? Yeah. That's what, like, probably everybody has. And he's like... And, yeah, but your you know, pain he, was different than mine, wasn't it? I don't know. Interesting. It? Where was your pain? It's like, in my knee. Okay, interesting. Mine's more on this. Mine's, like, side. But anyways. I'm sure it can be anywhere down there. But, uh... You know, obviously that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest issue that a lot of runners have that or like IT band issues or like Achilles issues, you know, and like he said, and I knew, and you had told me too, it's not the knee, it's something else. And I have weak hips, which again, makes sense. I figured it was weak hips or weak glutes. Cause that's what all runners have typically. <laughs> it's always the same thing, you know? So he gave me some exercises to do with the exercise band um said do them every other day for the next two weeks i went to the boundary waters so i asked if we could push it back one more week because i'm gonna i would have like half of a week so i'm meeting with him this week again now actually but you know do the exercises every other day until the next time we meet and then he'll talk to me about also like running 
cadence and that sort of stuff because we did the gate analysis and it was so it was so cool and informative when we did the gate analysis so i went on the treadmill and ran for like 10 minutes or something and he was like you know just get up to like an easy jogging easy running pace so i ran at like a 10 minute pace or something like that and he just recorded me with the slow-mo which and i've done a gate analysis one time before at a running shoe store but it was not nearly as helpful as this one because the running shoe store was more about looking at your um what's it called uh like uh you know how your feet hit the ground like uh yeah, yeah, yeah. pronated or the other one supinated yeah that, that sort of stuff um and then like heel striking and that sort of stuff and he went through that but he also went through my entire body <laughs> it was so interesting he was like you know, he drew lines and he was like, this is where your head should be hitting. And like with this leg, it's great with this leg. It's not hitting where it should be. You know, you're overstriding. There's all these things going on. And he showed me my hips when I was running and he was like the right leg. He showed me as my right leg came down, the hip was like perfect. Everything was parallel. Like it should be. And it looked great. And he's like, I wouldn't change anything here. Uh, and then he said, let's go to the left leg. And it was crazy how much different it looked. It was like my body. Huh. So like if I looked at it when my right leg hit the ground, it was like my hips were side by side. And when my left leg hit the ground, it was like my right hip was up higher than my left hip. It was so weird. And it, uh, you know, you can't feel that when you're running and you probably can't even see it for if you're just running with somebody and you're looking at them, but looking at it in the slow motion and then stopping it on the frame it looked so drastic it was wild and so he kind of just walked me through you know what was going on with my form and talking about like cadence work that we're gonna do and i think my average cadence is like 155 to 160 steps per minute and i i've known this for multiple years now that i need to get that up like 170 plus is where i should be with my cadence i've known that i just haven't figured out how to do it it's very hard to try to do your cadence like that and so he gave me some exercises on how to work on my cadence and that's what we're going to be talking about this next week i think and he it was funny because he was like you know and, and i'm not i haven't been running either he said take it off while you're doing these exercises and we'll pick it back up with this cadence work and it, it, it's just funny i'm really looking forward to it because i think it's going to be extremely difficult because he said um he's like you know this is what your cadence is at now and he kind of showed me and he's like this is what your cadence we want it to be at and it's going to be up to like 172 and he was like it doesn't seem that different but because you've been running like at a 160 cadence for like 15 years you know it's gonna feel very foreign so i'm really excited to see <laughs> how this works and how it helps with and and he said like you know doing these exercises and then when we start running again and you get this cadence work going your knee pain should basically be gone altogether it should just disappear because you won't be doing the things that are causing the knee pain anymore so yeah i'm interested to see where it goes from here and the hip exercises are freaking brutal what have you been doing for them um i've been doing like clamshells i've been doing things that i have been doing already like clamshells, fire hydrants, like the walking things. 
I've been doing those things already, but I wasn't doing them with a band. And the ones that I was doing with a band, I was doing with a light band. And I wasn't really doing them the right form, I don't think. And so he gave me this band that just feels so heavy. Oh my <laughs> gosh. And yeah, I've been doing them and they are, yeah, they're hard. They're very hard. <laughs> so I'm excited to see. I, I mean, I feel like my hips have gotten stronger in these last couple of weeks already just doing some of them, but this definitely doesn't make them any less hard. So yeah, that's my update. Cool. I need to talk to him because I want to get a gait analysis done. I think it'd be beneficial for me. It's probably, like you said, you know, PTs, chiropractors, nutritionists, dietitians, they're all kind of the same thing. They're all kind of, they should be reactive forms of medicine, but we only ever go to, or proactive forms of medicine, but we only ever go to them when they're reactive issues like you're demonstrating right now. Right. <laughs> but if you just went to them every like six months like you did for the dentist, you know, and that or personal training, it's like you look at that and you're like, oh, it's so expensive. But then in reality, most people will go out and spend 100, 200 bucks minimum a week on like going out to eat, going to bars, buying drinks, things like that, you know. So it's kind of a funny it's a funny thing because I think a lot of times those types of professionals are looked at as kind of luxury items. And I think a lot more people could definitely take yeah. advantage of them if they or gym prioritize even. things differently. Like 50 bucks a month is a lot of money, but yeah, stop going out to eat as much and just take that $50 from going out to eat and put it towards a gym membership. And then yeah. it takes time too. You know, you have to dedicate time to go. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done and we don't like, no one likes to do hard things. So I, I get it. But also, come on. <laughs> I also just didn't want to be the guy that decided not to go to physical therapy, tried to fix it myself, decided I couldn't fix it myself, and then decided I didn't want to spend money and then turn into the guy that says, oh, I have knee issues for the rest of my life and just never run. Or if I do run, like, because some people do have that type of thing where they really can't, but there's a lot of people that I think just don't fix it and then it never gets fixed. And I would like to continue running. So <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I don't want to do that. Well, I mean, dude, your thirties, your forties. Well, I'd say even far, I'd say your forties plus everything that happens to you, your forties to seventies is all determined based how you live your twenties and thirties, you know, whether that's a running injury or some other form of disease or anything like those things happen based off how you live your twenties and thirties. So take care of yourself now, get a gait analysis and you can run well into your forties and fifties. And you don't have to be that person who's like, no, I have knee issues. I can't run. Although I will say running in general is very hard. on your Yeah. Body. It, is. Like, it doesn't really matter if you're running correctly or not. It's a very catabolic exercise and very hard on joints, bones, muscles, everything in your body. So, I mean, you're kind of destined to fall apart at some point. Eventually, like, you'll have issues. But, <laughs> especially with someone like me, because I weigh a lot more than the average runner. So, my body's taking a lot more force than the average runner, too. So, I mean, that makes a difference, you know? Well, that's but, why I think it becomes important to become an efficient runner. So, I, a gait analysis might help you, you know? 
Yeah, or a well-rounded hybrid athlete of sorts. Yeah. As opposed to, like, I was just running all the time, and now I'm doing other things. And not only is it more fun doing other things, but I just feel healthier, you know? Yeah. So what else is new? <laughs> Transition time. Um, I can't think of anything super in particular. Yeah. You start building that home gym yet? Uh, no, I'm trying to get rid of junk before I buy more junk. So we just got rid of a bunch of, we just donated a bunch of stuff, which helped, which was the first part of decluttering. And I, now the only things I have left is some electronics that I want to sell. And then after I do that is when I'm going to tear out the gym or tear out the garage and just buy gym stuff. So. Yeah. And hopefully I'll be running Very cool. Soon. We are doing a Very bike cool. adventure tomorrow. 60 mile, yeah. 60 mile loop hitting breweries and wineries. What? Mm-hmm. Do you have a bike? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Is it a what kind of bike is it? Uh it's like the road bike. One of the lower end trek bikes. I don't think I is it a bike that you can get or like, do you have the clip and shoes for it? No. Why not? Cuz it I don't know. It doesn't have that type of pedal, I don't think. Oh. It's just like a normal bicycle. But it survived our 100-mile bike ride, so... Seems to be great for me. So when you do these brew rides, brewery rides, how much, do you, how much are you drinking? As much as I want. What do you mean? And then you get on a bike and ride it drunk, or what? I mean, I'm not getting drunk. No, because we have to bike. <laughs> hey, look, dude. I don't know. I've never done one of these before. I I do. Lags. I will say, though, I really would like to get a bike because I want to start doing triathlons, I think. I think that's the next move. I'd like to get a gravel bike. Yeah, I'll go. I want to get a Surly. I think they're cool. I'm not sure if I know what a Surly is. A lot of people have them, I think, out west. I think Matt Welch rides a Surly. Really? Yeah. I th- oh, we should talk Anton about Matt Welch. Anton Kropichka rides a Surly, I believe. If you aren't following Matt Welch, go check him out because... Do you know his exact route? I forget what it is. So he started in Portland, right? It's No, he started in Seaside, Oregon, and he's ending in uh, Portland, Maine, I think. Right? Yeah. Process. And he's coming. I know he's coming through this area. Yeah, he'll be coming through Minneapolis. Um, yeah, Portland, Maine. So it's like a 5,000 plus mile. So going through Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what those two states are above New York that he'll be going through. (laughs) (laughs) It's above Massachusetts. The two above Massachusetts and then Maine. Well, if I'm being honest, you just named off states probably way better than I could have anyways. So So he has, he has all of the, he has the cities he'll be hitting. So Minnesota, he'll be going through Hutchinson and Minneapolis. 
Yeah, because I think he's posting about it on like his website. Yep, he's got a blog, and you can donate. It looks yeah. like it's kind of cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. Do I'm you have any supportive. advice? No, I'm thinking about Matt Welch. I'm thinking of drones. Do you have any advice on getting a drone? Slash, why you don't have one? I don't have any advice on getting a drone, and I don't have one because I don't feel the need for one right now. I'll probably have one within the next two years, though, for weddings if I decide it's necessary. But I just haven't. I don't know. It's all. I look at drones as almost overused and not utilized. What? In my what I'm trying to do, what I would do with drones, a lot of people I think overuse, and it doesn't like add anything to the story. So plus you have really? to get. I think those over the head shots look sick. Well, the way that he uses them makes sense, but like what a, a th- what am I gonna what I would do with a drone is like I just don't think it's necessary for me right now. Hmm. So I would have to spend you know two to four thousand dollars on a drone and accessories, and then I would have to get the FAA license, Part One Hundred Seven to use it like i i can't use it i can't do it with weddings or anything unless i have the license do you think i'd be able to just use it for like recreational things yeah you you can't you you just need the license if you're using it for like business essentially commercial work if you're selling your footage you need the license otherwise you get fined big time fined Okay, I didn't know that. Cool. Well, the next thing I kind of want to talk about, and then we can probably wrap this up, is the Olympic trials. Yeah. What? Jacob's bringing up running? Yeah. What? Normally it's you and Nick, and I just zone out for this part. That's a poor choice of words. Normally it's you and Nick, and I listen, but I just don't have as much to offer because a lot of times I'm not paying attention to the professional running zone. I'm more into the recreational side of it, but... The Olympic trials, at least the 10K and the 800, and Alex, uh, Allison Phoenix, is that her name? Felix. <laughs> Felix. <laughs> Allison Felix. Uh, that 400, girls 400, they've been wild. Have you? So what have you watched? I watched the women's 100, so Sha'Carri Richardson. She's, She's the girl from um, where Odell went, right? Yeah. LSU? She's so fun to watch. So fun. And she's she's, she's like a, she's like a character. So that makes it even more fun. You know, she's got uh cool hair, cool nails. So she's super fun to watch and she's incredibly fast. So I watched the women's 100. I did watch that 400 race that Allison Felix came back in and got second place and she's incredible. <laughs> That's insane. 5 this is her fifth Olympics, yeah, right? Yeah. And she became a mom over the past four years, right? Yeah, and she is another reason why I don't, <laughs> I don't like Nike that much, because like they yes. they so? they basically kicked her off for becoming a mom. I would need to research it, but from the story that I've heard, it's like it was like you can run for Nike or you can be a mom. You can't be both. What? 
So you can you can research it more. I you know fact check me on that, and if I'm wrong, here how about I'll fact check myself right now. Allison, Felix, Nike, pregnancy. Yeah, Nike kind of does a lot of stupid stuff. Or they I shouldn't even say kind of, they do. Okay, well. Emma Coburn, Emma Coburn, who does she run for? She's a New Balance That's athlete. And a Coros athlete. I just want to throw that out there. Emma Coburn, Coros, and New Balance. Uh, currently, I am rocking both of those brands. I've got the New Look. Balance shoes and the Coros watch. So, loving that. Coros, low-key, overrated. Sad, why do you say that? At least... At least the very bottom watch. I think that's the one I an bought. Fair assumption. Why do you say that? You haven't. You you can't say that unless you've used it and experienced it. Okay, the bottom watch doesn't even have a walking. Neither does option. mine. Why do you need a walking? Just do it run. What watch doesn't have a walking option? What's the difference between a run option and a walking option? Who cares? Easy. One is running. The other is walking. What do you need a walking option for? To track where you're going. For people that don't run, or maybe that can't run. Okay, but like, so what do you want it for? Walking. So you want to see the route, and you want to see how yes. long it takes. That's yes. literally what the run option does. No. Yes, it is. Because that is running. Well, then make it a run-walk option. I think that it's kind of, what's the word? Uh, it segregates, no, is that the right word? I don't know. It like outs people who are maybe incapable of running for X, Y, Z reasons. Okay. What if I want to get a Coros watch and I want to be a walker? Then be a walker. Track it. Yeah, but why isn't there an option for people walking? It has a hike option too if you want to do hiking if you're on a trail. That's my issue with it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So that's a good point. It has a hiking option, but it doesn't have a walking option. I just... It's such a minuscule detail that Coros will probably add it too. Like they're always they updating it, so I'm sure they'll add it. Yes. But like that's such a minuscule detail. I went to the Boundary Waters with my watch. I charged it at 100, percent and we canoed for like six to eight hours every day for three. Wait, what was it? It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So six to eight hours for three days, and then like four to five hours for the fourth day. And I trapped, tracked it with the GPS every day while we were canoeing. And it took like 45% of the percentage of my battery down. I still haven't charged yeah. it and it's at 27%. Like, I, That's... I just think that detail is so – like I guess what you're saying, sure, put put the word walk in there. But like I think yeah. – or just change it so it is run slash walk I guess. But I don't see what the difference is between the tracking abilities and the time and, and the pace and that sort of thing like, well i will say too we'll come back to this but i will say too that the bottom watch the battery life isn't as good so maybe that's my fault for not researching of it course it's not but it's still good not as good as the one you're describing abby's she's charging it like i don't know at least every other day every other day it's not terrible you just gotta charge it every day i just think that for a watch that claims there's such a good long battery life to it I think that's bogus. But I'm more so concerned about the stupid fact that there's no walk option. 
What does and the... I would not say that's a minuscule detail either. Oh my god, walking's pretty stinking popular. The Coros Pace but... Two offers thirty hours of full GPS battery life. Thirty hours of GPS. Is that the two hundred dollar one, Pace Two, or is that the one you have? That's the Pace Two. Thirty hours of GPS. That means you could that's turn BS. GPS on and run for twenty to thirty hours. Um, but I mean, then you can sue them. <laughs> oh, also, either my Garmin is way off, or that Coros is way off when it comes to counting steps. One or the other. That Abby's watch is usually like eight thousand steps behind me every day, and if we do all the same walks, yeah, it's incredible how off hers is, hmm. or how off mine is, I guess. But I mean, whatever. I. I I look at the steps on mine and I try to do the 10,000 steps a day as well, but I like don't trust it at all. I say it's within like 2,000 steps the range. So Are you getting 10,000? I'm trying to. Like, do you get like do you get upwards of that though typically? Uh yeah, usually 8 to 10. Okay. But like when I hit 10,000 steps, I'm like, okay. So, you know, like you said, inconsistently consistent. Or Will Tenney says that, and then you reiterated it to me, or whatever that saying is. Um, yeah. If I hit the 10,000 a day, like that's still good. And if that means I'm walking anywhere from 8,000 to 12,000, then whatever. But exactly. Yeah, that's my mindset on it, too. The 10,000 is such an arbitrary number because it's like, who invented, who said 10,000? I'm sure there's probably research behind this, actually. But why 10,000? Why not 10,005? Why not 9,500? You know, I think maybe the mindset behind it is that 10,000 is five miles walking every day, but like why five, why not five and a half or six or four? I should figure that out, that answer, because I'm not exactly sure. I just pick it because it's nice and well-rounded and that's kind of what everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should, let's go back to the Olympic trials because um, I have the list of the results here and I would like to talk about each of them. But so the women's 1500, did you watch that one? I think so. You should. Is that the one that was before the 800? I don't know when it was. The, a couple I of think, these I watched I on I YouTube after the fact. I didn't know anyone in it, but I think it was pretty wild, I think. Where uh, St. Pierre, Ellie Perrier St. Pierre. I think that's how you say Perrier, it. Perrier. I recognize that name. Um, She, like, was knocked off the track in the first 100 meters or something. And then she came back and she ran a 3.58. She's pretty wild. But that's a great race. The 1500 is super cool. Um, I guess I can say who it is. So it was Ellie St. Pierre, Perrier St. Pierre. Corey McGee got second. And Heather McLean got third. McClung. McClung? I think that's what they say in road. That's what the dude from Road Running says. Heather McClung. Okay. I, I'm Thanks. not so good with these names. Um, and then the women's 5k was Elise Cranny, Carissa Schweizer, and Rachel Schneider. I watched that one as well. Um, Carissa Schweizer is, Carissa Schweizer is one of the bigger names. You know, she runs for Bowerman. Um, Did she win? She got second. Uh, so she qualified, those three qualified. Um, I actually haven't been watching the hurdles, so I don't have much to say about them. 
Yeah, it's funny. I don't pay attention to that anymore. So I, I'll probably watch the, the men's 100-meter hurdles today, um, but I haven't been watching. What time that. is that at? I don't know, 3 p.m. our time or something like that. I'd have to double-check. So I, unfortunately, I don't have anything to say about that one, the women's 100 hurdles. But uh, the 3K steeplechase, I actually just watched that before this. I just watched the recording of it. Um, Emma Coburn, Courtney Frerichs. And then Val Constein. Did you watch that that race? Mm-mm. Emma Coburn is a monster. Like, I am so excited to see what she does at the Olympics. Same with Courtney Frerichs is incredible too. But And then um, Leah Fallon. She's an on-athlete. She was in third place. She So there was a lead pack with of three. And it was those three. It was Emma Coburn, Courtney Frerichs, and Leah Fallon and Leah Fallon hit a barrier and fell with about 800 meters or so to go and fell back to the second pack because of that. And the two girl, the, the two other ones, the two others, you know, kept obviously kept that lead pack away and Leah Fallon ended up falling back and not qualifying. And it's just like, Oh, and she's been coming back from injuries and all this stuff. And, it was it was a brutal, really sad finish. To sad, but um, I also didn't pay attention to a lot of the field events. But I do know that the women's shot put was pretty wild. <laughs> I did watch some of that while they covered it during the five Ks. Um, Jessica Ramsey, Raven Saunders, and uh, I do not know this name. Adelaide Aquila, but they were just chucking that thing. And then I know that the men's shot put a new world record was set. Yeah, I I saw that one. So um, they throw that thing so freaking hard. I far. know, I know, it's crazy. And how much do the Olympic ones weigh? You know, um, twenty thirty pounds. That's a good question. I'm not sure. So that's that. Uh, I did watch the men's hundred. I watched uh, it's Trayvon Brownwell, Ronnie Baker, and Fred Curley, who is not running the 400, but he qualified in the 100, and he'll be running the 200 too, I believe. So, and then the next three qualify for the four by one. Also, I actually didn't watch the men's 400. I should go back and find that. But Michael Norman, Michael Cherry, and Randolph Ross. I did watch the 800. Clayton Murphy, Isaiah Jewett. Bryce Hopple, top three in quality. Dude, what happened in that, bro? That one I was watching and I was like, Donovan Brazier, what is going on? He's injured. He He's like... He's had injuries like all year, I think. Okay, he has. I didn't really know that, but I just was like... He's one of those names where I just... Like, I feel like everyone knows him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I hear 800 meter and I think of Donovan Brazier. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't I realize he was injured. His interview, he just said, you know, I, w- I wasn't here today. The other guys were better. And they got me in the last 200 meters. So he'll come back. But uh, the 10K I did watch, Woody Kincaid, Grant Fisher, and Joe Klecker. That was sick. Yeah, Joe Klecker. <laughs> so it'll be fun to watch in Minnesota. There's um, uh, one of the shot put uh, women's shot putters is from Minnesota also. Um, All right. I don't remember if it's the one that got third place or fourth place, but Minnesota. Does she go to U of M? I don't know. 
that might be it. Ryan Krauser is the one that set the shot put world record. So the men's steeplechase too. What about it? Alec Bastian and Opsa Ali are both in the final, right? Oh, I'm not sure. I I haven't watched the. I haven't watched. Well, I don't actually. Know. I know they made it past the first round, but I don't know if there's two rounds or three for that one. Do you know? I know that the final is today, so I'll be watching that tonight. I'm pretty sure they're in the final today. That's I'm so excited for that. Because, wait, hold on. 3,000 meter Monday. First round. 3,000 meter steeplechase final. They might only have two. Today, yeah. So, yeah, two gophers. Two gophers are in that. But we got to cut the program, so it makes sense. There's another, I think there's another gopher in one of the events too, but I can't think of who. But yeah, and Alec Bastion got second at NCAAs, right? He was runner-up, I think. I'm not sure. In steeplechase, yeah. And That's cool. I mean, I don't know if it's realistic for either of them to go to the Olympics, but never say never, right? You never know. That's I don't know anyone in steeplechase. I don't know how good anyone is. You know, right, everybody talked place, about... But- donovan brazier while they were announcing it they were like okay so we know donovan brazier is going to qualify who are yeah, the they're... next two going to be <laughs> yeah so, and then they were like donovan brazier what is happening yeah you never know what um do you know anything about the shelby Houlihan story yeah i was gonna ask what your opinion was on that too <laughs> why don't you go first what's your opinion well so I saw the stuff on Instagram popping off, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all of the first stuff going on. I read the story about how she ate some burrito and I was like, dang, that's so unfortunate. Like what are the odds she eats this burrito that has a steroid in it, you know, or that qualifies as a steroid. And I was definitely on her side, but that's because I was only reading the stuff about her side. And then like the next day or two days later, I listened to Ro- the Road Running podcast. I forget who announces, or maybe his name, his last name is McClung. Maybe yeah, that's Chris McClung. That's why I thought it was McClung. That dude. Did you listen to that I podcast? Figured that's, I did. Yes. And so then I was like, okay, well now, I, like, I don't really, I'm not super knowledgeable on the topics. So I'm not like, I'm kind of just chilling in the middle because I just don't know what to think, and I'm not super knowledgeable on it. Nor, quite frankly, like. I'm not going to say I don't care because that's kind of mean and ignorant, I guess. But I just, I don't know. I'm just watching the events anyways and, you know, enjoying them. But after listening to that road running podcast, now I kind of think that she may have been lying actually and took steroids. And I think it'd be interesting if they could figure out, and maybe they have, I don't know, if they could figure out whether or not that what was in her like pee sample was synthetic synthetically made or non-synthetically made because then that would just prove if she's lying or not you know but yeah i don't know it's an interesting situation maybe she's maybe she really just got effed and ate that bad burrito but what did who was with her that night and what did they eat you know were there other athletes with her that night and when he also when he talks about too like one of the reasons against her not taking that steroid was her lawyer. Her lawyer said that she 
like the steroid clears your system in 10 minutes or 10 hours, I think. And so he was like, why would she take this steroid if she knew she had a drug test the next day after 10 hours? But the dude from Rogue Running was just saying how it's definitely possible that she took that steroid unknowingly, either unknowingly, no, not being aware that she had that drug test the next day, or she took the steroid accidentally too late in the day. So, yeah, I don't know what to think. What do you think? Well, I don't know. I have a couple of thoughts on it. Um, he brought up a good point that it's kind of depressing that there's no good outcome to this because if she did take these PEDs, then that's... I mean, it just paints like Nike as even more of a bad guy than a lot of people already think they are. And it's unfortunate yeah. because, you know, Bowerman and all these teams have incredible runners. Some of my favorite runners to watch are on these teams. And it sucks because it's like, you know, it's also because Nike is one of the biggest teams. But it's like, these are who you hear about all the time. You know, these are people you hear about. So, uh, and if they are wrong and she is innocent, like this is all what he said, then that sucks too because that means the process is bad. But... I was actually talking to Megan about this and she brought up a really good point that I have to agree with. And it's that, well, first of all, I'm going to plead ignorance about, on, about what I'm about to say, because I don't know a lot about like PEDs. I don't know what you have to watch out to, or I don't know what you have to watch out for as a professional runner, what qualifies it as a PED and what can get you banned and in trouble. So I don't know how difficult it actually is to watch out for things like that. What kind of foods have that stuff, you know, like the whole poppy seed thing, you know, the pig organ thing, things that can contain things that could get you suspended. On that note, this is how I think about it. The Olympic trials are this year, okay? And I'm going to I'm going to pick her out. It's as a, you know, but this goes for everybody, but she is the best American female runner at those distances that she runs. Like, she holds the records. She just set them. And whether or not those records are clean or dirty, let's not think about that for a second, okay? If you are the best runner and the Olympic trials are in a month or two months or a year, Okay. What the hell are you doing eating stuff that has the potential to get you banned? Right? Okay? Like, uh, that's how I think of it, you know? Like, man, if I'm Grant Fisher and I am one of the favorites to make the 5K and the 10K, I'm going to have a list of things that could get me potentially banned. And in that list... I'm going to have a list that branches out that says I can't eat pork, okay? Because there's a potential for getting the chemical that can be picked up as a PED. I can't eat this. I can't eat this. I can't eat this, okay? And I assume they have a nutritionist that works with them, okay? So they can make sure they still oh, get the nutrients that they need as a runner and as an athlete. Like, I don't even want to be associated 
with a food truck or a restaurant or a chef or whatever it is that could potentially contaminate my food. Like, this only happens once every four years, right? Like, I don't want to eat a taco or a burrito that's going to get me banned from running. So I don't know if that's easier said than actually keeping track of, but like, is it that difficult knowing that whatever this chemical that's in that was found in her body is like, is it that hard to track or to have your nutritionist or whoever track where it can come from and to make sure you don't get any of that in your body? I, I just feel like this is such an important time to be paying attention to those things, especially that there's no room for error like that. But I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a really that's, good point. That's my opinion. Like, you know, don't eat lettuce if lettuce has something in it that could, or spinach, or I don't care what it is, blueberries, soup, peanut butter. Just like, it seems like such an easy thing to avoid unless you are not clean. Yeah, hunt. Yeah, I agree. And I, like like you said, pleading ignorance because we're, you know, just a couple of dudes talking about this and who knows if we're actually right or right or not. But you bring up a good point. And not only that, but this specific steroid, I think it's called norepinephrine. How do you say it? Not no, Nadra. You you were close there. I don't know. I'm not good with the names of these things. I'm going to look it out so I can say it exactly. I know it starts with an N. Ban U.S. runner. Shelby Houlihan's story falls flat. <laughs> no. No name. Steroid name. Nondrolon. N-A-N-D-R-O-L-O-N-E. Nondrolon. Nandrolon or something like that? Nandrolon. Whatever know. it is. Whatever it is, this specific steroid has been around since like the 50s and has been helping runners literally since like the 50s. So it's like, oh, yeah, what are the odds, you know, that, of course, it's the the steroid that like runners take. So, yeah, it's a really interesting situation, but I think that it's probably better that she's not in. I guess probably better that she's not in the Olympics by the off chance. And her records she broke were by like a landslide. Like it wasn't like a close record break, you know, it was like by a couple seconds, I believe or something in the 1500 and 5k. So it was like, I I watched the races. She smashed them. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing too. And he was saying, you know, all the stuff I'm saying, I get from other places, obviously, but the dude was saying, I was listening to you, was talking about how he gets skeptical anytime anyone smashes a record because, you know, it's just not that easy. Like, I don't know. I mean, there are special people and it happens, you know, but, but by that I, much, I thought that when Joshua Cheptekai set the new world record for the 5k, cause he just obliterated it. I thought, you know, this is incredible. I hope he's not taking performance enhancing drugs yeah well and you think about like hobbs kessler you know this dude is a senior in high school and he smashed and he beat the cult collegiate 1500 record 
I don't know. That just seems like outrageous. Uh, I mean, but, I didn't even I think know. about that. You to never be know. That, that is. I mean, you're telling me I he's like five to ten innocent. seconds faster than ev- the the previous world record high school holder. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I believe everyone's innocent, up everyone otherwise. But uh, it just makes you think. At the end of the day, I just want good races, though. So I just want cheating is just so lame. So yeah, I hope that she's oh. clean. I do. I hope that she's clean, and I hope that it gets overturned, and that's not going to help her i guess because she won't get to run in the olympics at all but i hope that her four-year ban is not upheld if she's clean obviously but ah, it's just unfortunate that ah. i just hate that it makes me dislike nike more because like it's so unfair that i have in my entire life i've had this negative look at nike (laughs) i have all because of my high school cross country coach had a negative look at nike and you know there haven't been anything to to help with that all the things that nike you know their footwear and their clothing like nothing has swayed me back to the to the light side of nike so yeah before we head out for the day do you know Sarah Hall, is she racing in the trials at some point? How does the I marathon she's trials running, go? Where are she's those? running the 10K. The women's 10K, I believe. Or she already did, maybe. No, she's got the 10K. That's tomorrow. I think she's in the 10K. What? A- oh, is she not doing the... Uh, I don't know how the marathon, marathon? trials are going to work When this is year. the marathon? I'm not sure. Olympic marathon hmm. trials. I don't know if they're just using who already qualified or how that's working because we had the trials for the marathon before COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, because Matt Walsh ran them. Yeah. Huh. So I'm not sure how that works this year. I haven't looked into that a ton. I would like to know, but I don't. So unfortunately, I can't tell you. I haven't seen anything about it, so maybe they're just using. Uh, I all I know is Galen Rupp qualified, and uh, Sarah Hall qualified. I don't recall the other names off the top of my head right now. I'd have to look it up again. But I watched both of those trials last year. It was in the. I forget where it was, but it was in Georgia, I think, Atlanta. So. Yeah, cool. that's all I have to say. I'll be watching the Olympics the next couple of days, the Olympic trials the next couple of days, and then I'll be getting ready for the Olympics. I'm excited. Heck yeah. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up. Call her a day. All right. So long. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, everyone. Next week, we got a fun interview guests all the way out from Colorado. So tune into that one. That's yours truly. And following week, Josh and I will be back. Peace out.